Hi, baseball fans. Welcome to a new episode of Heels in the Field, baseball talk with me, Jessica Caroli. Uh, this is a special one, and it's something I uh, I really hoped. It was my Christmas wish list guest. <laughs> it was just one person I wanted to talk to on the pre-Christmas uh, episode. Uh, the last one that I'll do before the new year, it's a two-parter. And uh, let's get to it. Um, Andrea Passioni was uh, a sports and news reporter when she reported on a game and met Jim Tomey. Uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to relay a personal story that uh, is really funny and silly. Um, when I started my career... My very first major league job was the Phil was going and doing a story on the Phillies, and at the time, Jim was playing for the team. And listen, I had no idea what I was doing. I was there to see Mike Lieberthal, and oh boy, <laughs> yeah. So I had no idea what I was doing, and I was waiting for for Mike. And Jim came out, and do you know? I sat on the, I didn't know where to go because I was waiting and I just had never done this before. And so I sat down on one of the leather chairs and the the PR girl comes in like, you know, like a little while later saying like, you're not supposed to sit there. I was like, I didn't know where to go. I was waiting for you. And Jim came in and turned and he's like, hi. And he turned and he goes, do you know who that is? He had no idea why I was sitting. Like, he just was curious why I was... He was very friendly, but he could oh, not figure out why I was... I hope he didn't tattle on you. No, no. He just, he just couldn't figure out, like... Because no one did that. And at the time, of course, I didn't know that. Now I know that, and it's like, I would never do that. But it was so silly, and he, he just well, listen, didn't... Well, you listen, know, you know I, I started in sports myself. Yes. So I, I made a few... Um, missteps myself early on so um <laughs> so I'm great I'm glad that we sagged right into that because that is where I want to start um sure. I'm so interested in anyone who started in um any woman who started in sports broadcasting I always want to hear stories I always want to hear kind of um your experiences or you know po points of view different you know the way that how did you when you began how did you go into sports? Uh, was that your intention? It was not my intention. I actually was in college um, my senior year at Bowling Green State University in near Toledo, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And we had a student-run station at the time, and I was doing sports there just because I had done um, – I was the news anchor the year before, and I thought, you know, I want to push myself and try something different and – so I was doing sports just at the college station, and I always loved sports growing up. I have a brother and my dad, and they were both huge um, Detroit fans because my parents were both from Michigan and huh. and then also Cleveland fans. And so I grew up watching sports by default, <laughs> so I knew a lot about it. So I was doing that, and one afternoon, uh, the news director from the Toledo NBC affiliate had come down. Uh, he knew our professor who was the head of the journalism department, and he was giving him a tour of our broadcasting, and we were doing a broadcast. And so he watched, and he came up to me after, and he said, um, we just lost our weekend sports anchor at the mm. station. He's like, would you be interested in doing the 6 and 11 on Saturdays and Sundays? You know, we'll pay you 100 bucks a broadcast, 
And, you know, if you, while I was still in school and I was like, oh my God, I'm rich, you know, <laughs> $400 when you're in college is like a really a good thing a yeah. week. So I was, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll try it. I felt like completely, it was, you know, a little false bravado. Like, I don't know if I was truly, truly, um, I was pretty green. I don't know if I was really yeah. qualified, but boy, they let me just kind of jump in there and do it. And it was a great experience. So that was my first job. Um, when, were there a lot of women around you that you could sort of say, like you could sort of look to, was there anyone that you, that was a, no, no. yeah, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, there, Hannah Storm was, you know, was reporting and that gotcha. was, she was kind of like the, you know, the pioneer, I yeah. sort of think, you know, um, but also, uh, in Cleveland, there was one other woman that, cause after I left, um, Toledo, I got I, my, my dream sort of job was to go to Cleveland because that's where I grew up most of my life. Yeah. Um, and so when I did get the job in Cleveland at channel 19 and 43, which was, um, the CBS affiliate at the time, um, there was another woman in Cleveland named Lisa Burke and she was, uh, had been doing it for quite a while. And then also Mary Kay Cabot, who still writes for the Plain Dealer and is, right. covers the Browns and has right. for years. Mm -hmm. So they they were pretty much the only other women I knew huh. in sports. But in broadcasting, we were pretty pretty rare at the time. Was that ever intimidating to you? Uh, completely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. completely. Because like I said, I sort of just you know happened through that door, and then I was like, oh boy, now I have to fake it till I make it, kind of a thing. And um, so, yeah, I always, and I think, I think that's just maybe my nature. I feel like that even as a writer, like I still have a hard time calling myself an author. Like I turn around to see who is the author here, not me. And I always kind of felt like that as, as a broadcaster too. So maybe that says something about my self-confidence. I don't know, but hmm. it never, like, I always felt like I had to really work extra hard to sort of prove myself, but then also not overprove myself it's a fine line you know yeah, you don't want to be right I didn't want to pretend to be a guy when I was a woman so um and so did was your once you got into that and you were doing that did you feel like okay this is something I could do in for a while for did you think of it as maybe a future that this could be a career I, I did I knew broadcasting was something I wanted to do right. they also would occasionally send me on they sent me when I worked at the CBS affiliate to Los Angeles to cover pilot season because they were shorthanded and they huh. needed someone to do it. And I really enjoyed that. And yeah. I remember thinking at the time, boy, if I don't continue on in sports for any reason, this is just about the time I'm about to meet Jim. Yeah. Um, I thought, boy, I could really be interested in this. Right. The hard news and the reporting was never really my thing. I, I ended up going on once Jim and I met and I, inter I met Jim interviewing him. Um, mm -hmm. opening day in, in 1995 yeah. in Texas, my station sent me down to cover, it was the year of the strike. So coming off the strike, it was May was opening day. And so I had gone down to cover, it was a big deal. And, um, interviewed a bunch of the Indians at that time, the 95 team that went on to, you know, go play in the world series, obviously. And Jim was just one of a handful of players I interviewed. And then I came home and I covered opening day. Right. And he came up to me after I had done a few interviews. I was standing there with my, you know, my flip pad, doing, making my notes, and uh -huh. he taps me on the shoulder, and, I, and he says, what are you doing here? And I said, well, <laughs> what do you mean? And he said, well, I thought you were from Texas. And I said, no, I'm, you know, I'm a Cleveland reporter. And so he was just really sweet and really friendly, kind of uh -huh. shy. And uh -huh. so that was sort of, sort of, sort of that. He would, 
kind of smile at me and whatever. It was a it was a good month later until we really uh, <laughs> until he called me one afternoon and that's another story. But asked me out. But um, at that point, I, I transitioned over to news because right. it was just like pretty quickly and did the morning and the noon news, um, which was kind of my jam. I was that's a little softer news than the evening news. So. Oh yeah, right, um, right, and so. The meeting, so meeting him was yeah. what changed, changed my course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I am going to ask you to not, I don't want to embarrass you. That photo you shared of the, where the two of you are meeting? Yes. And you're in, that, oh my gosh. That photo, like, I remember <laughs> looking at it thinking, holy cow, you could really see, I, I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm being, but I could really see the way he was looking at you. I just thought, oh, you can see. He, he was, it was honestly, <laughs> it was like a lightning bolt at oh. that time. It, 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 it was pretty powerful, wow. and I knew pretty hmm. quickly, and, and, you know, at the time, this is, you know, we were young, we were in our early 20s, we were both yeah. seeing other people when we very first met, but gotcha. I knew pretty quickly and I also knew once I met his parents which was very early on actually like maybe our second date hmm. he took me over to a friend's house actually the, the people the family that he had lived with when he was in the minor leagues oh, okay. uh, were hosting a picnic and his parents were there and I met them they were married long time they were like they ended up being married for 48 years when my mother-in-law passed away hmm. which was the same amount of time my parents were married when my mom passed away so I just I wanted that foundation in somebody that I ended up marrying and I, I just Jim and I we just clicked like puzzle pieces really early um was there ever a point where you were was it difficult for you to adjust to uh baseball life no I loved it I'm a Sagittarius <laughs> so I'm a December girl and we yeah. like we don't like a lot of grass growing under our feet we like to be spontaneous and honestly I feel like I was maybe born for the gig I huh. loved it I you know I I am very much a feminist but I'm also very on the same the other side of the coin I'm a traditionalist too and I love yeah. being mm -hmm. I love being able to be a stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. um once that time came once we had kids and I stopped working and was able to just be with my family full-time I love that flexibility that baseball allowed us and it was, an, you know, it was an exciting adventure and being in different cities. We, we had a blast. We yeah. just, we really had a blast early on. And when our kid, once our kids were born, it became a little trickier moving around, but it, no, not, not too much. Um, when, uh, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I, um, I realized pretty, pretty fast that, uh, my sort of focusing on my career as I had for so many years was going to be really difficult. Um, mm -hmm. And so f when you made that sort of, tr th that transition, it really is. When you go from, you're, you have a career and you're doing this whole other life and then suddenly, you know, your wife and, and mom was, you know, was that a big, um, was that a big change for you? Did you feel, ever feel like, wow, this is, this is very different, and it, and it requires a, a lot of different parts of myself than before. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it, it, I feel like our, my life is kind of like this patchwork quilt, and someone's <laughs> yeah. just sort of, I don't have all the 
you know, the patches laying next to me ready to sew. I feel like I'm getting handed the patches as I go. <laughs> and so, but I like it that way. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to know what's coming next. People are like, mm. oh, if I had a crystal ball, no way. I love the adventure of it. I love not knowing, you know, I love the uncertainty. And so I think I was okay. The, the, the hardest struggle for me was when our baby, when our kids were babies, because, you know, Jim was, was gone a lot. And yeah. so like those, that was our toughest time. I think even like, I would say in our marriage and I would say just within baseball is just when they were little, little, because I was like, Oh boy, I'm doing this myself. Like I always knew I wanted to be a mom, but half the time I was a single mom and I wasn't really prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So that was tough. I'm struggling with that now. And I I wanted to ask you about that just because I, this is on my mind today. Um, Yeah. I, I do feel, even though I am not, I do feel like and I know a lot of women feel this way out in, in sports and, you know, whether they're in the industry or not, it's just a feeling of, um, you do feel like you're, it's all on you a lot. Um, and so it's very interesting to me to think about a a baseball life, um, and balancing that with, um, motherhood and and all of that. I have not gotten the hang of it yet. Well, I neither have I, and I'm, you know, I'm a lot older than you. So, but you know what? I think as you get older, you relax into it a little bit, and you kind of aren't as hard on yourself. Oh, it helps. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, (laughs) because you're trying to be perfect. You know, I, I, I've seen. You know, I've, I've followed you, and I know that you are so passionate about what you do. And I'm, you know, I don't know you well, but I would assume that you're probably a bit of a perfectionist, and so it's hard to be a perfectionist (laughs) as a parent because it they'll humble you in a hurry. Yeah, and that's really what I've, uh, I've had to do a lot of work on this in terms of just saying, I was really. Uh, good at what I did before, but that is a different, you know, be, or I mean, not that I'm not still in baseball, but I'm doing it differently. And I've had to make all of these adjustments and I, and it, you have to say to yourself, this isn't, I'm not writing a story. I'm not reporting a story. I can't get everything, you know, I can't fact check, you know, and, and get all the little details. Perfect. It's a baby. You know? <laughs> I, I always say it's like trying to carry water in a strainer. You know, oh, you just God, it's yeah. not going to be perfect. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, let, I mean, as much as I want to talk about the Indians years, and, and I know it was really, it was really difficult for you to leave Cleveland for Philly. Oh, I mean, it was excruciating. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was a really tough winter. Okay. What? was it that kind of squared it for you and in, in, in your own, I mean, and I know, I know as a wife, you, how you, you know, you could handle it in a certain way, but in your own heart, in your mind as an individual, how did you kind of, okay, this is, this is, these are the pros and cons. These are the goods. This is the good part of it and the bad part. And I'm, I'm here's how I'm going to make this work. Well, my bottom line was I'm Jim's partner. Yeah. Jim's my partner and yeah. we were in it together. Yeah. And no matter what, had we stayed when we left, we were, we had each other's back and Mm -hmm. that's just how it had to be. And, you know, we both took a lot of grief in, you know, in Cleveland and there was a, there was a lot of, I mean, there are people even today that'll say to me, you know, I was one of those people that was brokenhearted when Jim left, but you know, I forgave him when he came back in 2011 and that warms my heart. I can't tell you because it was, if people had been in our home, 
over it, it makes me t- like literally get teared up tearing yeah. up right now thinking about it but over that thanksgiving time when we were really trying to make that decision which you were really damned if you did damned if you did but mm-hmm. it was it was at the at the end of the day the gut was what you know the gut was what led us and so you know that that pushed us to philly and you know hindsight being what it is as hard as that was it gave jim such it really i really think it's what made him the player that he was it really he was a guy who really liked to be comfortable you know he was from peoria from kind of a small town used to like liked being in his comfort zone so right. that was the first time it really he really got propelled out of his comfort zone mm-hmm. and talk about right into the fire with larry boa now as your manager who yeah. is, we love by the way yeah. but is a fiery different personality sure. than what he was used to and so it was a whole new ball game a new ballpark lots on your lots on his shoulders mm-hmm. you know as kind of like you know, the headlines of the time were, oh, Jim's coming, and that was a lot of pressure, and then he, and then to be able to perform under that pressure, I think, so I think the choice, and, and then the Indians were able to free up a lot of money, and, and, you know, things went well for them yeah. for a long time, too, yeah. so it, it, in hindsight, it was the right thing, but boy, at the time, it was tough to be called names, and to have people mm-hmm. think we didn't love Cleveland, and mm-hmm. to call into question our loyalty to the city, when, mm-hmm. You know, even to this day, we're still connected to many of the organizations we worked with and have over the years. We love Cleveland. And, you know, if you cut Jim open, he's he's believing Cleveland mm-hmm. Indians colors so yeah. and always will be. And that's, you know, why he wore the C um, into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, he's a right. Cleveland Indian, so. Absolutely. Um, that, word for, uh, that word forgiveness, fans really are – it's so interesting how they um, – they put so much expect. There's so much expectation that, that a fan has, and they, they they think in that way. Sort of, I don't know if I can forgive this player, or oh, I finally forgave this player. It, it is that emotionally is was that difficult for you? Um, yeah. No, you know, I, I understand it. Yeah. Listen, I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. I got my heart broken many, many, many times. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic this year. Boy, the Browns are doing so well. <laughs> but, you know, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. People are passionate about things. And, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's, you know, Jim was a lot of kids' heroes, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, and now they're, you know, teenagers. And even the dads of those kids are invested in And, and then it's it's really heartbreaking when it looks like, he snubbed them, but he didn't, you know, right. that's not how the, how the, how it really went, you know? So what, what's, what's reported in the papers isn't exactly what always 100% happens behind closed doors. You know, I'm not going to get into details at this point, but you know, it's, I understand the fans and, and gosh, you don't want fans that aren't passionate. There's no fans, yeah. you know, Cleveland fans are amazing and they stick by their team through thick and thin. And so I get it. I totally get it. 